are listening to the podcast, Untold Stories, Voices of Adoption. I'm your host, Erin Nasmith, co-founder and executive director of Adoption Support Alliance in Charlotte, North Carolina. And joining me is my co-host, Mirlin Montesi, who is the founder of Adoptee to Adoptee and an advocate and educator around adoption issues from an adoptee's perspective. Our goal at Untold Stories is to create a safe space for members of the adoption triad to share their truth, their perspective, and the lessons learned along the way as it relates to their own specific adoption stories. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you hear something in today's episode that connects with you, teaches you something, and maybe even changes your perspective. Joining us today is Macy Peralt, who is an adoptive mother to son Judah. Judah joined the family in December 2017 through a domestic infant adoption. Through her own journey to educate herself around adoption issues, Macy felt a calling to start an organization to assist others in educating themselves about adoption. The organization is called Adopt Well. Through Adopt Well, Macy has shared the voices of adoptees as well as birth families in an effort to help to educate adoptive parents around adoption issues. Macy, thanks for being with us this afternoon. We appreciate having you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so um, excited to be with you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, if you could just start out by telling us just a little bit about your family. Yeah, definitely. So my name is Macy. My husband, Greg, and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I am 28 years old and actually got married. You've at done the... a lot at tw- by 28, <laughs> man. For real. Look at you. <laughs> I got married at 20. Okay. So yeah. I feel like I had a head start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so got married at 20, and we always knew we wanted to have a big family, um, like four, five, six kids, oh you know, we were like those people. More power to you. Right. I used to real. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? We're about to have number four, yeah. so I'm like, maybe, you know, four or five. You've we'll done great, done. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So um, after... We got married. We took a couple of years, and then we decided, well, if we're going to have, like, a million kids, we better start trying. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. had our first son, Porter, with no problem. And then after that, we went through a few years of um, secondary infertility, which I didn't even know was a thing. Mm -hmm. And um, throughout that process, ended up having a couple of miscarriages, and we decided we would pursue adoption. And secondary infertility is when you are infertile after having a successful pregnancy, right? Exactly. Yes. So we did not have any trouble conceiving, normal pregnancy, normal delivery. So we were totally blindsided. Surprised, I bet. Yeah, Yeah, it was very shocking. And it's not really talked about very often. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we went through a couple years of infertility. And honestly, adoption was never in our plan from Mm -hmm. the beginning. And I think you hear a lot of people say, oh, we always knew we wanted to adopt. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case for us. We loved adoption. We right. knew a lot of people who had adopted, but we just didn't see it in our plan. Well, thankfully, God had other plans. Mm-hmm. And um, looking back now, we're so thankful that we did go through those years mm-hmm. of infertility because ultimately 
that is what opened our eyes to the idea of growing our family through adoption. And so we um, decided to pursue domestic infant adoption. Okay. And um, started pursuing that process and in the process got pregnant (laughs) after over two Mm. years of trying. And at that point, we were all in with adoption. Adoption was not like a plan B. It was not about just filling an empty slot in our family. So we were like, well, you know what? We know we were called to adopt when we were. Yeah. We feel very strongly we're supposed Mm -hmm. to do this right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm pregnant. So we're just going to keep pursuing it, even if it doesn't make sense, even if we risk not getting Mm -hmm. chosen, um, you know, losing money, whatever. All the things that people would tell us, we were like, you know what? No, like we believe that a child who joins our family through adoption is just as valid as a biological child. Sure, and so yeah. we're going to just keep pursuing this, see what happens. Um, and thankfully we did. So when I was 23 weeks pregnant, we adopted our son, Judah. Okay. Yes. And um, then went on to have our daughter four months later. Okay. And now I'm pregnant with my fourth. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You really yeah. have been busy. <laughs> yeah. and that's But exciting. I mean, these are a lot of... The last few years for you have been a lot of, a lot. A, a lot. lot. Yeah. So yeah. that's great. Now, did you have like, um, when you said you decided to adopt, did something happen? Did you see like a sign or did it just kind of gradually, like the idea gradually kind of happen? Yeah. So actually it was funny. I started hearing about adoption all the time and thinking about it. And it was just on my heart. Mm -hmm. And my husband originally was not as on board. He was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I think that's great. I just don't know if that's right for us. Mm -hmm. He was a little more hesitant. Um, And it didn't take me long at all to be like, no, this is it. Like, (laughs) I'm excited, you know. And he actually met five people in one week who either Uh, had adopted or were an adoptee. Just random people Mm -hmm. in the store like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm here in town to meet my birth parents. And just like random Uh -uh, Really? That's awesome. Yes. And so anyway, we were like, okay. Yeah, it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. the seed was planted. Did you guys consider um, other forms of adoption in the early stages or was domestic infant kind of? The, be- the plan from the beginning. Yes. So domestic infant, it was just always the plan from the beginning. Okay. Um, but I will say that since doing that, we have talked about how we are just going to be very open-handed and pray about because we do want to adopt again in the future. Okay. And I'm unsure if that will look the same or if that might mm-hmm. be different. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah okay. Um, and so... So you tra- you transracial adoptee, a Judah? Yes. Okay. He's yes. African American. Yes. Okay. So how did um, y'all decide upon that, about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thankfully, our awesome home study social worker, Erin. Oh, yeah. Full disclosure. <laughs> we know yes. each other prior to this conversation. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm so thankful that Erin really prepared us well mm-hmm. in our home study. And she said, just so you know, if you're going to adopt a child mm-hmm. that is a different ethnicity than you, it's a whole nother added layer to your adoption. And she gave us a lot of great resources to prepare for mm-hmm. that. Um, so we did not pursue just transracial adoption. Mm-hmm. You were just open. We were just open, mm-hmm. yes, to a child of any ethnicity. 
Um, and yeah, so we read a lot of books. We really analyzed mm-hmm. what does our community look like? What mm-hmm. does our church look like? Is it diverse? Yeah. Um, to prepare for right. that. Was that surprising okay. to you when, like, when we started having those conversations about race, that it was such a uh, important kind yeah. of topic? Absolutely. I think it throws people off sometimes. Yeah. Yes, and I'm so thankful that you did because I think, and we were very naive back then. Like, we had no idea, you know, what we were stepping into. We predominantly the voices in adoption are adoptive parents. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. I think there's been a shift, even a huge shift over the last couple of years, for sure, where there are more voices. Um, but to us, we just had a very naive mindset, like, oh, love will be enough uh-huh. and families mm-hmm. don't have to right. match and all of those type of yeah. things. And we hadn't really thought about like, but what is this going to feel like to the child? Right. How can we integrate their culture? And how can we honor their birth family? Mm -hmm. All of that. So I'm so thankful that someone brought that to our attention. Like, you have some extra work to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah. He's almost two now. Do I have that right? Okay. So do you feel that in your day-to-day lives? Do you feel that tension or... um, you know how to how is having a transracial transracially adopted son impacted your day-to-day space it has impacted a lot for yeah. sure um and i think it will much more in the future uh, yeah as exactly. if you feel it already at two right. i think that's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. interesting We've had to be really conscious already. Thankfully, our church is very diverse. Um, Our oldest is going into kindergarten, and that's one thing where we were like, all right, well, you know, if we put him in this school and it goes well and all our other kids end up going here, is it diverse? Even for our son, who's five. I want him to be in diverse circles now. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if I would have even noticed that before, which is Mm -hmm. so sad. No, that's so true. Yeah. 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 So we've really um, just tried to almost get ahead of the game for like Judah might not notice right now, but he will. Mm -hmm. So what can we do right now to put ourselves in situations? Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, even if they make me uncomfortable, even Mm -hmm. if, you know, it might mean um, me making an extra drive to be at a grocery store where I'm the only white person, just so I kind of know what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Um, and just finding sports teams or whatever we'll have to do in the future. And another thing is we really had to prepare ourselves for if our friends or family members are racist what are you or gonna don't do? accept him. Mm-hmm. He To me, it's like when you get married. Like yeah, If you're totally. not cool with my yeah. spouse, you're not cool with me. Yes. So if you're not cool with my son, sorry, he's my yeah. child. Yeah. So we've prepared And his ourselves. needs have to come first, yeah. even though the, it's hard to kind of engage in those kinds of conversations, mm-hmm. especially if you've kind of known there's been a racist undertone for a long mm-hmm. time. And, you, yes. you know, it's so easy to just kind of let that yeah. stuff... And yeah, and Roll your child, eyes those things, then, you know, the adoptee will eternalize those. You oh, know, yeah. they may not yeah. speak about it at the time. And I think a lot of times adoptees don't have the words to, you know, at the time. But um, it does come out later on, you mm-hmm. know, so. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. true. We probably should remind our listeners who can't see you or forget your story <laughs> that Marilyn was adopted yes, transracially from Haiti. So when mm-hmm. she says that, yeah. she knows what she's talking about because she lived it herself. Yeah, so, and I'm yeah. speaking not just about my story, but I also have tons of friends who are adopted too. Sure. So, yes. um, and we've been really close. So it's just kind of 
you know, just learning and pieces of me, but pieces of other people as well mm-hmm. from experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a um, experience that we just make up to make right. it harder to adopt. It's like a <laughs> right. legit real thing right. for people. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's where I've learned the most by far is by listening to transracial adoptees mm-hmm. because no one knows better right. what my son is going to potentially face mm-hmm. and will face than mm-hmm. people who have already walked through it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm so thankful when people like yeah. you are willing to share because I'm sure a lot of it's not easy to share. Yeah, and I and I appreciate people like you too who come to the table, you know, with respect and and want to learn. You know, I think mm-hmm. sometimes people they say they want to hear the truth but get offended because um, it's not exactly what they want to hear. It's not easy. It's for not sure. easy to hear. Yeah. So it can be very, you know, people be very de- defensive. So mm-hmm. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was there something, Macy, going into the adoption process that you guys um, wished you had known? Like, if, if if and when you do it again, is there a piece of advice or something that you learned that you'll take with you to the next adoption? Totally. I mean, by far, the first thing that comes to mind is just listening to adoptees and birth parents mm-hmm. more. I was so naive. I had no idea that they would go through trauma and loss and grief and all these things. I just had the picture that the world paints of adoption where it's beautiful, it's rosy, mm-hmm. it's a happy ending for everyone. Yeah. And sadly, that's what most of the world sees it as. Mm-hmm. And there are beautiful parts and yeah. there are blessings. Of course, I'm of thankful course. for it. Yes. Um, but we do the birth parents and the adoptees such a disservice when we just make it all about us and all about like, oh, you should just, they're so blessed that they got adopted Mm -hmm. and they're in your family. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) gosh, there's so much more that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like we need to love every member of the triad well Mm -hmm. um, and acknowledge what every member of the triad goes through. And so, you know, honestly, the more that I listen to different perspectives, the more that I learn, my heart breaks about adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm so thankful, like I said, for the role that it's played in my life, but it's painful. Yeah. It's sad. There's no way around that world. It just, it wouldn't need to exist. Yeah. And so it's like, how do we take all of this hard stuff and be willing to dive in Mm -hmm. and um, just listen, even when it's hard, like you Mm -hmm. said. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of um, the triad, do you have an open adoption? Yes. Okay. So we have a semi-open adoption. So we don't, um, we haven't had any visits yet. Okay. But we do have contact Mm -hmm. with Judah's birth parents, and we just hope and pray that the door opens more in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And has that been difficult to navigate? Have you um, felt insecurity about it? Not at all. Um. And it's funny, that's what a lot of people's perspective is, is like, oh, that must be mm-hmm. weird or that must be hard. And I'm like, no, like they literally entrusted their child mm-hmm. to us. It's the least I can do to keep the door open, honor them in every way that I can. So to me, I think especially because I've listened to a lot of birth parents and adoptees, I think towards the future and I think the more that judah's birth family can be in his life you know and i'm talking my situation every situation is different yeah of course um but if they can you know if it's safe if it's healthy whatever 
the better for them, for him. He can get mm-hmm. his questions answered, you know. Um, so to me, it's just kind of like it, this isn't even about me. Um, and yeah. So did you start there? Like no. when you, yeah, mm-hmm. how, tell us about how that shift happened when you first started to look into adoption. Yeah, that's a great question. At first, I think I just had the like lifetime movie view uh-huh. of open adoption, like, oh, that's gonna, confusing and they're going to steal the child, like super weird. It's so, but oh. that's exactly the description, the lifetime movie, come yes. back at the last minute and take you to court and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I just did not have any clue about any of it. Um, But, again, from just being willing to listen and Mm -hmm. learn, and especially just understanding that if it's possible and if it can be done well, it is almost always what's best for the child. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I might have missed it. So how old was Judah when he was adopted? Um, He was three days old. Oh, wow. Yes. And just curious, you know, was Judah the name? Did y'all give him that name or did his biological parents give him that name? Actually, this is there's kind of a story mm-hmm. to this. So we are going through a legal name change right mm-hmm. now for Judah. So how are you? Yes. So um, we got the call about him. He was already born. Mm-hmm. So we had been waiting for eight months okay. and it was just a normal Monday morning. I wasn't mm-hmm. even keeping my phone on loud anymore. Like it had been eight months. I was yeah. just like, whatever. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, yes. Yes. You know, at first you're like on pins and needles. It could happen at any Any moment, which it can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, I saw I had a couple of missed calls. Long story short, our agency had called us and said, "There's a baby boy. He's already born. He's just, you know, not too far away. Um, Would you like to present your profile?" So we said, "Yes, of course." And um, his birth mom looked over a bunch of profiles, chose us, but she just wanted to hear my voice on the phone before Mm -hmm. making her final decision. Mm -hmm. So um, she and I talked on the phone. She chose us. And her biggest question was, how soon can you be there? Oh, yeah. And so she and I talked at like 11. She was really taking care of him, huh? Yes. Um, We talked at 11, like lunchtime. And Greg and I were there by dinner time. Wow. And so we went in, we met him, and all we had been told was there's a baby boy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no name, she didn't say anything, no one said anything. So on our drive down, we were like, oh my gosh, we need a name. Like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Which was kind of nice to only have an hour to pick a name. Yeah, <laughs> it forced you to be decisive. <laughs> yes. So we chose um, Judah, which means thanks to God with lifted hands. Mm-hmm. And then Michael is his middle name, which is a family name. And got there, met him, you know, fell in love, all the things. And then once we got settled in the room, I saw up on the whiteboard behind us that it said Dylan. And my heart sunk because Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh, she named him. Mm -hmm. I just didn't even know. And, you know, that's been almost two years now. So at the time... I just had no idea. I did not know what I know now. So mm-hmm. we just, we were kind of like, ooh, yeah. what do we do? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So we just named him Judah Michael. Didn't mm-hmm. think anything of it. Um, and then fast forward, when Judah was like nine months old, you know, I'd been continuing my adoption education, listening to more stories. 
And I was starting to just feel in my spirit, like, we never should have changed his name. I just didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And um, really listening to how adoptees feel about that. And Mm -hmm. my intention was never to, like, wipe away his first identity or anything. But I think a lot of people think that newborn adoption, they're like a blank slate. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's not the case. And it's not, yeah. Right. Right. And so... I um, just started praying about it, and I was just thinking about it all the time. So I ended up telling my husband after a couple of months, I was like, you know, I've been thinking you're going to think I'm nuts, mm-hmm. but I think we should do a legal name change and put Dylan in as Judah's middle name. And he was like, oh, I've been feeling the exact same mm-hmm. way. Oh, wow. wow. I've been, yeah. He'd been thinking the same thing. So I texted his birth mom, and I told her, you know, I'm just, I'm so sorry. I had noticed that mm-hmm. she always called him baby boy. She never said Judah. Uh-huh. Like, how's baby boy doing? And I was like, oh, that's it's so because interesting. in her heart, yeah. his he name is Dylan. Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that just ripped oh, my heart. Yeah. I love I think that y'all are doing that. I think that's amazing that y'all, that you're just changing his name. I think it's so important. Yeah. So, so important. Yeah. It just kind of felt like the right thing yeah. to do. That's- um, And we told her. And I told her, like, I'm so sorry. I just did not know then what I know now. And mm-hmm. I had no idea, but, you know, to honor you, mm-hmm. to honor him, I just, we we're going to yeah. do this. And she uh, texted me back immediately, and she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm crying. Thank you so much. That means yeah. so much to me. And I was like, oh, oh. that's yeah. beautiful. I love that. Yeah, and yeah. when Judah is older, I think he'll appreciate that story. Yes, um, me too. Yeah, I know a lot of adoptees who ended up going back to their original name once they found out, like adult adoptees. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it shows the importance of it, you mm-hmm. know, it's their identity. Because mm-hmm. it does feel like there is something about mm-hmm. the way she loved her enough, uh, love, sorry, loved him enough to think of a name and mm-hmm. consider, you know, like that's, totally. that's significant. Yeah. And I think for a child to have a birth mother who does that and not every birth mother does but um for those that do it's a great sh- sign of respect yeah for that decision and as the, and the adoptee can feel a connection to their birth mother yeah, through that. yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. i just agree. love how much you and greg um humbled yourself in this process to really think about mm-hmm. everyone else ahead of yourselves i think mm-hmm. so often and i don't think it's intentional mm-hmm. and i don't and i think Adoptive parents do a lot of things really well, but I think you can get so caught up in, um, especially if it's your first baby, mm-hmm. like wanting to be a parent and um, the logistical process of the adoption is so complicated and hard and stressful and whatever that it to pause and really think about how this is affecting not over only the newborn right in that moment, but you know how he's going to think about himself and. 10 years or 15 years or whatever. Yeah. And when you tell him back that story. So anyway, I applaud you very much yes. for <laughs> making that change and going back and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so well done. That's good. We applaud you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, tell us about what, now that you're a few years into the, into the adoption space, um, tell us some things that you've learned as you've continued your education. Like, one, you've talked about the perspectives of everyone. I think that's so important. I think another thing you talk about a lot is like language around yeah. adoption. Tell us some stuff around around that. For sure. Um, so <clears throat> we didn't know even just the basics of like how 
Um, even an adoption agency, like what type of language to look for on their website mm-hmm. to see if they're upholding high yeah, ethics. They're ethical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, really like one of the biggest ones to me that I don't think anyone can argue with is um, calling a woman a birth mother before she is one. Mm-hmm. When you get matched or chosen by an expectant mom, she's still an expectant mom. She's mm-hmm. not a birth mom yeah. yet. Um, that is still solely her child. Right. And calling her a birth mother before she even is one, like, first off, it's just inaccurate. Right. But right. secondly, it can also be very coercive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the biggest language things. And I, just because I'm a geek, I like to look at adoption agencies' websites and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll look. That's the first page I look at is like, are they talking to expectant mothers considering adoption or are they talking at them like they're already birth mothers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a really um, good. I I think it was reading one of your blogs or posts or something that that brought that distinction yeah. to my mind and I think and it's like the same way you're talking about when you look back on it you're like of course why would I have not seen yeah. that but yeah. you need someone else to be talking about it to like oh, anyway yeah. you open my eyes to that that I, one and I think it's an important one. Yeah, and I think you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah, so yeah. like if that's just what people are saying you have to give yourself grace for the things that you don't know, mm-hmm. but we're all learning. And I think that's like one of the biggest language pieces for sure. And then um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about making the transition from not saying she gave up her baby, yeah. but she placed her baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the best examples that I've heard of that is when we talk about giving something up, it's always something negative. Like mm-hmm. I gave up smoking. I gave up drinking. I gave Mm -hmm. up on Mm -hmm. my passion. You know what I mean? Um, And most birth mothers today, and of course, it's not black and white. Like every situation is different. But for the most part, a birth mother puts a lot of thought Mm -hmm. and a lot of time and a Mm -hmm. lot of heart into Mm -hmm. the decision that she's making if she's placing her baby in domestic infant adoption. Right, right. Um, And, you know, she places her baby in a home that she feels... Is yeah, she's she super active in the mm-hmm. in the choice make. I mean, she is the decider in most yeah. cases. Yeah, definitely. So that's another big one that I think people talk about a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that the words we use matter so much, and even um, the way that I would love to see the world kind of learn more about even just how to talk about adoption, yeah. because I think about my son when he's growing up. And the things that people are going to say to him, about him, to me when he's with me. Yeah. And our words really do create the framework for how we mm-hmm. see something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Have you figured out like a, a um, kind, respectful way to correct people on that kind of stuff when they <laughs> use the wrong language? And Because I think that's really important to equip parents and then the, and later to mm. equip your kids to kind of make those corrections and be the teachers to some extent about Definitely. adoption. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think that the more that they see us be bold yeah. in answering people and not be mm-hmm. afraid to say something, then they'll understand like, oh, I can own my own story. Mm-hmm. I don't have to say things I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things that 
has made me always say something is when people say, well, why didn't his birth mom want him? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, first off, <laughs> where do I begin? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, don't ever say that around him. Do you get that question a lot? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think most adoptive parents do. do. Mm-hmm. And it's just out of ignorance and nosiness. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that you just have to be – tactful but firm and just say like hey listen it's not that he was unwanted Mm -hmm. and i think telling people to um you know we don't share parts of his story we want him to be able to share Mm -hmm. it when and if he wants to and how he wants to and so Mm -hmm. we don't talk a lot about judah's story i'm very um big on adoption education Mm -hmm. and active on social media about adoption but one thing that people will notice is i i don't share any details about his story no Mm -hmm. yeah i have noticed Um, that because that's really important to me Mm -hmm. you know i feel like i had to think through i need to be more careful of respecting him and his birth family than i do in educating others yes so um yeah that's really good yeah I'm sorry, I kind of. Right, and that's kind of, and that's question. kind of the same place where I'm at too. Is like, I want to, you know, use my voice and educate, but at the same time, I don't give as many details about, you know, I keep things kind of personal about my adoptive uh, family, just because, you know, if I choose to tell that story, that's fine. But I think it's important to kind of protect people and let them tell their story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the whole world doesn't need. You to. don't own that. Yeah. Like you don't owe that to anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a great way to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. When people say something the wrong way, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, oh, just so you know, it's a little outdated to say such and such. Or just so you know, this is how, this is a better way you could say that. But also saying, like, you know, we actually don't talk about that mm-hmm. because we don't have to. And yeah, he doesn't yeah. know it to anyone. Yeah, And I think, too, it's important, like, you know, sticking up and saying something to those people. But I know there are times that, you know, sometimes it's awkward and you just don't want to say something. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, following up with your child, like, I mean, even now I do that with my own child, like, you know, having that conversation, like, look, they said this. How do you feel about that? We don't use that kind of language. And I think your education, your knowledge, I think that's great. And because he will appreciate that if you follow up and talk to him about right. those ignorant yeah. or, yeah, ignorant comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think you're so right. And sadly, it's inevitable. Yeah. Like, he's going to hear painful things. He's going to hear inaccurate things. Right. And-, and I'll tell you, you know, adoptees will hear those inaccurate things, but it's what you're saying. It's how you're following up, how you're helping him cope with whatever the world is telling him that he's going to remember the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I you're right. That. That's yeah. what's going to stand out for him. So true. You're doing so many things, Macy. We really just love it. <laughs> so um, tell us how... Uh, Tell us how you have used your journey in the way that you um, have now taken on this amazing organization, do you call it? Instagram following? I don't know. Macy kind of does it all. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about how Adopt Well started and what kind of what your, your hopes and dreams are for that? And space. I love the name. Just by, I know, so right? Know. I've it always, is so good. I'm like, oh my goodness, adopt well. That's perfect. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it really, yeah. I mean, that? to talk about like using language yes. intentionally mm-hmm. that you did that really well. 
Well, thanks, guys. I love Mm -hmm. the name, too. Um, I really can't take much credit for it because it literally came to me in the night. And I was really sick and I couldn't sleep. And it was literally like God just downloaded this idea into my mind. And I just pulled out my notes app on my phone. And just literally, it just, like, came to me. Like, Mm because my husband and I were always talking about, well, how can we love his birth parents Mm -hmm. well? How can we talk to him about his story well? How can we explain adoption to our family well mm-hmm. and i was like adopt well yeah. like, this is what we're trying right. to do and it sounds so cheesy that anything worth doing is worth doing well but seriously like of all the things mm-hmm. in the world that can be done really well or really really not mm-hmm. well and adoption have matters. and have like implications for generations i feel like because mm-hmm. the way that you raise judah is affect affects who he is and how he understands himself and his identity and that like ripples out into all of his relationships oh yeah oh yeah yeah. his issues or however you raise him will manifest in different ways Mm -hmm. yeah so true anyway so tell us so yeah yeah, what were you trying to so yeah so I just started thinking about creating some sort of online community that was educational Mm -hmm. where I could just share all the things that I had learned that I had no idea about. And then one of the biggest things from day one was I felt like all I could think about was that quote, it's amazing what can get accomplished when you don't care who gets the credit. Mm. So that has kind of been my thing is like, let's just keep passing the microphone to other people. Like I share a lot of what I'm learning, but I'm learning from From other people. people. Yeah, that's how it is. We all learn from other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to create an online community where people could just come and just learn. Let's Mm -hmm. learn about trans racial adoption, closed adoption, open adoption, mm-hmm. um, adoption language, adoption ethics, all the things, just so kind good. of one place where people could go. Mm-hmm. And of course, we don't know it all. I don't get it right every I time. I mean, who does, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's just, I wanted to have something where people could kind of follow along and could just count on, you know, as I'm learning, I'm sharing what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. So they could have a steady stream of education and then our tagline is <clears throat> adopt well an educational community for those touched by adoption mm-hmm. okay. and the reason why I did that is because I also realized that our friends and family were yeah. not getting educated yeah mm-hmm. but they were going to be my child's community right then they've been yeah yeah mm-hmm. and I was like you know what this is for everyone because I want my mom my aunts my friends mm-hmm. whoever my kids teachers to be able to follow along and be learning this stuff too because ultimately like my child my husband and i are not the only ones raising him right right so it really takes a village and i want everyone to be informed so i want people to be able to say hey we're starting the adoption process mom dad grandma whoever yeah go listen to this podcast Mm -hmm, will mm -hmm. you follow this instagram Mm -hmm, page mm -hmm. um so we can all be equipped to love this child as well as possible it's really good good. so tell us the instagram is it handle what do you call that tell us the instagram handle i'm really cool i I get it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so on instagram we're just at adopt well okay and then we just started a podcast yes it's really good podcast yeah oh adopt well and do you you want people go to your website to find the podcast or are Um, they are you you can click on it through the instagram page yeah oh there you go yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay okay and we have a blog and there are a few on there 
there. I think there are maybe like 10. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing I've learned recently is I don't need to do everything. (laughs) So I've been trying to be like, you know what? Let's focus on what we feel like we're really good at right now and even Mm -hmm. just, um, you know, point people in the direction Mm -hmm. of, hey, here's a great blog you can read. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So there are some blogs on our website, which is just www.adoptwell.com. Okay. And they're great, but that's probably not something that we'll be adding much to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Instagram is really where most of it is. And I will say as a consumer of the Instagram, it's beautiful. Like not only does it have really good content in terms of um, the just – it furthering adoption education, but it looks pretty too, which I think yeah. is always good on Instagram that you're doing that. Yeah, and one thing I noticed being on Instagram, um, the adoption community, when I mean, you know, just people, education, adoptees, adoptive parents, like you said, everybody kind of seems to share. They're very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like, you know, if somebody has a question, you can point them to an adoptee or a birth parent who's on there. So, um it's very, very mm-hmm. educational. It very is. Useful. And you've, you've mm-hmm. pulled, like, you've cultivated a group of people that mm-hmm. I was, I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Like, the um, the woman who does all of the birth parent, like, helps train mm-hmm. ado- adoption agencies to do the birth parent stuff better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she's amazing. And then I know you've had some people that do mm-hmm. transracial race um, education and stuff. I mean, it's just really good the yeah. way that you've cultivated that. So Thank you. We highly encourage our listeners mm-hmm. to check them out, check you out and check out the information on there. It's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. people find value in it. And it's just so important to me that we provide a well-balanced view. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talk about a lot of hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've had people message me and be like, can't you just talk about the fun the good stuff. stuff. And yeah. I'm like, the fun stuff is everywhere yeah. else. These are the things that we need to really learn. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. yeah. And not in a way that discourages people from adoption, but helps them to do it better, to right. adopt well, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I think people can feel discouraged when they see the hard stuff, but you're not trying to keep people away from it. You're just trying to help them like lean into the hard and do it better. Totally. Because you can't get away from it. Even if you pretend it's right. not there, it still is. It's yeah. still there. It's and still I think there. it's fun to learn. I mean, maybe there's just a nerd in me, but I think, <laughs> I mean, it, like the fun stuff, I mean, to be enlightened, I think that can be fun. You know, to be a better parent, mm-hmm. that can be fun. Yeah. You know, you kind of see it differently. Yeah. So yeah, true. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So as we close up, Macy, can you tell us that I, this is a little bit of a hard hard one. Can you tell us um, in just a few words what adoption means to you? Yes. So I feel like this is a tough one because mm-hmm. you could go like you really could. different directions. You could start an Instagram page that tells <laughs> yes. all of the things. Yeah. That's a great idea. You should do it. <laughs> um, the biggest thing is all of the really painful, really hard stuff aside it has given me the opportunity to meet my son mm-hmm. and to love him. And it makes me want to cry, but I cannot imagine my life without him. And that's not to say, <clears throat> you know, I'm not one of those adoptive parents that's like, oh, you were always meant to be my child. Like, no, I don't believe you went through all this painful stuff and couldn't mm-hmm. stay with your biological family just so I could be your mother. Mm-hmm. That's not what I mean. But my life is so enriched because of him. <clears throat> And I truly love him. Um, 
just as much as my biological children. And so just as his mom, I just feel so blessed that I even have the opportunity to love him and that I was chosen to be his mom is such an honor. So I just, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story and for being willing to humble yourself and Mm -hmm. teach yourself so that you can teach other people. I'm just really inspired by you and, Thank you, guys. I'm inspired. Yeah, it was lovely meeting you. I've been following you on Instagram, so it's been a joy to meet you. (laughs) Yes, you too, for sure. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for joining us today for Untold Stories, Voices of Adoption. And thank you so much to our guests for sharing their story. Please check out our information about Adoption Support Alliance at www.adoptionsupportalliance.org. Or you can follow us on Facebook at Adoption Support Alliance. We are also on Instagram at Adoption Support Alliance. We also ask that you follow Marilyn on her Instagram page at Adoptee to Adoptee. We hope you subscribe to our podcast and we will talk again on our next episode. <music>